Hey guys, welcome back. It's April 18th, 2021. Joining us for episode two, I'm Pat. I have my co-host Chris. So we've got two topics. First of all, we want to start off with The Way of the House Husband. Came out April 8th on Netflix. It's adapted from a manga series back from 2018. And I believe the first five episodes have been released and there may be a second season coming. But that's going to be one of the topics we want to touch on today. And we're going to follow that up with some of the most impactful anime in our opinion, of the past decade or two decades. So, Chris, do you have anything you want to say, or should we just jump into it? Well, I heard you had a announcement about your name. Oh, so episode one, you know, my the name that I was going by, or which I may have gone by, had some backlash, I had some hate. So, for the time being, I think the naming update, I'm going to go with Pat from this point forward. Until I find a better name, or until someone chooses a better name for me, in response to these haters, and... I'm going to go with just a simple simple naming update for now. <laughs> All right, but we need a timeline of when we can expect a better nickname or name update. You know, these types of things, they, they can't, they don't happen in overnight. So I'm going to have to sit on this one because All right, I'm going to have to think of something that doesn't sound like a Pokemon. Hey, there's nothing wrong with Pokemon, okay? Pokemon has a lot of love. People enjoy Pokemon a lot. So there's nothing wrong with that, but we're looking forward to hearing about your name update, hopefully in the next month or so. All right, all right. Episode three, we'll have a new naming update. We'll come back to Oh yours. no, a week? One week, give me a week. Is a week enough time? I don't know about that I one. don't know. I don't know if we're going to really uh, meet expectations here, but all right. we got some haters out there that I need to please, so. All right, that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. Okay. The Way of the House of Husband, this was a show that I watched at the start of the week and I told Pat to watch it because I felt like I had a lot to talk about. What are your initial thoughts after watching this slash? Do you want to give a little background on the story? Yeah, so let, let me jump into it. Chris actually recommended this one to me. He said, hey, give this a watch. Five short episodes I recommend for everyone out there. Very entertaining, very comical, fun to watch. You don't even have to like anime to enjoy it. That's my personal opinion. And honestly... The first thing I thought of when I started watching this is, I watched the Japanese sub, by the way. Whose voice is this? That was the first thing that came into my head. Okay. And I don't know if you figured it out. It took me about two episodes before I realized it. Well, I have no, I have no idea, actually. I didn't even look it up. It's Kaiba from the Japanese oh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Right, right, right. Actually, I, I did notice that, and I always notice Kaiba's voice. And he's actually in another anime, I believe. I think he's in To Your Eternity, which is a anime this season as well. And his voice is so iconic, at least for me, because I grew up watching Yu-Gi-Oh! in Japanese, not the English dub, which is probably different from everyone else, considering I could speak and understand Japanese. And his voice is just so ingrained in my head as Kaiba that I can't get it out of my head. Yeah, so like I grew up watching the English version, but I have seen episodes of the Japanese version. And I remember when I first literally one minute into this, the way the house husband, I was like, this voice sounds so familiar. Who is it? I just couldn't think about it. And that's actually a game I like to play when I watch an anime. If I recognize a voice actor, see how many episodes it takes me if I can even recognize it or if I have to kind of resort to my anime list. I don't know if you do the same. I definitely do the same. There's some voice actors that I instantly recognize. Some of them are from very iconic shows. Like Jiraiya's voice from Naruto is just so ingrained in my head as Jiraiya that whenever I hear him in any other show, I just can't get the image of Jiraiya out of my head. Same with like Kirito and Sword Art Online. I can't get out Kirito out of my head, even though 
they're both in a lot of shows. It's just, it's just stuck. And this was the same thing. Kaiba's voice just so iconic from when I was growing up that I can't, I couldn't really get it out of my head. That's funny. But yeah, same same with me. I think that's one of the appeals of anime. Sometimes you just it's kind of fun to see how uh, the same voice actors play different roles. Yeah, definitely. For the way of the house husband, to give a little background on the story, it's a comedy. It's about a former leader or legendary Yakuza member who becomes a house husband. And all he really does is the typical house husband duties, cook, go to the grocery store, clean, do laundry, make sure that his wife is happy, make bento boxes. Okay, but let me let me ask you, did you know the term house husband before you watched this show? Because I personally didn't. I think so. Well, it's the same to me as a trophy husband. And that's how I viewed it when I first heard it. The only term I'm aware of is an Instagram husband. What? What is that? Like the person you know, that like takes... You just, you just takes the pictures for your girlfriend or wife. That was the only uh, term I was aware of. But, you know, house husband makes a lot of sense when you start watching the show. Yeah, definitely. The first thing I thought of was trophy husband. I was like, okay, this guy's like trying to be like the stay-at-home dad. But I didn't really know that he was like a former Yakuza member or anything like that because I didn't read the manga or read the synopsis before I watched the show. I just watched it because I knew it was getting a lot of hype and traction from the anime community. And it was on Netflix, which is a really big platform to have anime on. We've seen really big anime release on Netflix. So I was, I was like, okay, we'll give it a shot. I didn't even look at the mouse score. I didn't look at any reviews. I was just like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to watch it. But yeah, I have I have a lot to kind of say about the anime because I was kind of shocked by the production level of the anime. I don't know if you got the same, I guess, vibe from it. I mean, by vibe, are you talking about like the quality of the art or the way like everything was kind of in many episodes within an episode? The thing that stood out to me the most was that it's not fully animated. It's almost a manga and you're and parts of it is animated that's how it feels to me like how they picture like whenever he does a scary face they kind of zoom in on it and that, that's right. about a couple frames of just his face scaring people right and it's like his mouth is moving while he's talking but nothing else is moving the the walking is a little unnatural it's like very robotic because it's just like a stop image compilation and i was yeah. kind of shocked Almost like in the dancing in the yoga scenes where he just does the poses, but you don't actually see him go into the next pose. You just see the pose. Exactly. It didn't feel fully animated to me. And a lot of it was pictures after pictures after pictures to make the animation happen. And that didn't seem Netflix to me. And I guess my question is, why do you think Netflix and JC Staff, who's the studio that's behind the way of the house husband why did they decide to do that when this is a show that's going out to a huge audience because it's on netflix it's going out to a western audience obviously there's people in japan that are huge fans of this manga they give five episodes and most of it isn't fully animated you know for me it added a bit to the comical nature of it but for someone i guess on who's not as used to anime i could definitely see them feeling they didn't get the full potential of it but i kind of actually personally liked the the still frames of the facial expressions and kind of there were a lot of small subtle anime characteristics that i believe if you have don't watch anime regularly you wouldn't pick up on 
But if you do know general anime stereotypes, you see them in every, like, I don't know how to say this exactly, but there are certain themes of the anime always carries, you know, just basically with like the, that com that Comic-Con girl figurine and the stereotypical Yakuza, all of that, I think is just very stereotypical of an anime type role. So in your opinion, you think that they made this decision because of the genre of the show and to add more to the i guess comedy aspect of it or do you think right. they just i, I really think it was out? a comedy you know i don't think they skimped out i think they they did it for part of the purpose and the theme of the anime that's my personal opinion but again it could be low budget they could have just not how much to work with and if that is the case they did a very good job right that's what i was curious about because in my opinion, it shouldn't be a low-budget show at the point that Netflix is already behind it. You have JC Staff, who has very famous shows like One Punch Man second season, Sakura so, who I've is or which I've said is my favorite anime, Shokugeki, and even Psyche Cake, which kind of falls into the same category as a comedy anime, and it's very different from what's been produced in the past. But it was hard for me to believe that it was a budget decision because it's it is JC staff and it is Netflix. If they decided to do this for the comedic aspect of it, that could be you know interpreted as a genius move. But I wasn't sure if they just wanted to like skimp out and be like, hey, we're gonna put together a show real quick, get a quick buck from Netflix, send it out to the Western world, and see what they say about it. Okay, I guess, let me ask you, have you seen Psyche K? Yeah, Psyche K is my favorite comedy anime. It's hilarious. Right, and, and would you say that the styles are very different between Psyche K and The Way of the House Husband? I would say so, because Psyche K, there are points where it is a stop image, stop go kind of like comedy part, but it's still fully animated. Like when Psyche walks across the street, it is him actually walking across the street. It's not just a right leg pickup, left leg pickup, right leg pickup image that just pauses and goes as he's walking across the street. But there are funny parts where they do like the whole image thing. But in general, they don't do it. This whole entire show is that. So that that's where I was shocked at first because I wasn't sure if that was just like a budget move or if they actually did this intentionally. I was just like, all right, let's do it for the entire show and let's see how it goes. Yeah, I, I think one aspect is that the facial expressions that they make add a lot to the comedy of the anime. Because when they zoom in, whether it is the main character, whether it is the wife, whether it is those policemen, each of them make the, a facial expression that kind of gives you a smile, puts a smile on your face. It's just kind of funny, and you kind of start to expect the facial expressions that you start to see. And when I, after I think the first episode, I got very used to it. And I think some of the expressions of when the wife realizes how much of a Yakuza he looks like, I think that's hilarious. Right. It's actually a really funny show. And when I watched it, I got through the five episodes really quickly. Like we said, it's a 15 minute episode, which isn't long, and it's shorter compared to normal anime episodes. And it was such an easy watch for me, and I got through the five episodes in one sitting. But when I looked back on it, I didn't know how to score it. If I'm giving 
let's just say Violet Evergarden, an 8 out of 10 on my anime list. And half of that score is for animation. How do I even score this when the content is so good, but there is no animation really? Mm, that's a good point. And actually, since you've touched on that, I think that's a something I want to get into maybe later in this show when we start going on to the most impactful anime is definitely touching on artwork. But I guess going off of your point, and it's not going on a tangent, I agree that that is a big concern for anime. The artwork does make a big difference, and it does add a lot to the score. Same with the sound work, right? Both of those are components that sometimes define an anime and really bring it up from a 7 to an 8. Exactly, yeah. Exactly why I struggled with this when I was looking back at it and I was trying to give my two cents and a review on it. The content itself... I, I love it. The content's so good. And it falls into that same alley of Psyche K. And Psyche K is something I gave a 10 out of 10. And I view as a very funny and really good comedy anime. So I wanted to give it a higher score. But because they don't do half the things that they do in Psyche K, I was really confused. I was like, do I ding it two points because they didn't fully animate it? Or is that actually why it should be two points higher? Or... I guess from your perspective, though, what do you think someone who doesn't watch anime would think of this? Because it's on Netflix and it's very easy access to anyone that has a Netflix subscription across the globe. Do you think they would enjoy this still, even though the animation is not really there yet? Or do you think it will be really hard for it to translate? So I actually watched this with Sam. And for everyone who doesn't know, she is my girlfriend who does not watch any anime, has no anime knowledge whatsoever. And she actually thought it was funny. So I think okay. there is potential here for anyone to be able to watch this show and enjoy it. Psyche K, though, I think you might need to be more of an anime fan to enjoy it. Right. And there's like a lot of elements in Psyche K that are very Japanese. I'm not sure if there is that many in this outside of the fact that maybe one parent stays at home but it's a lot more easier to understand the situation understand the comedy because there aren't any japanese references or japanese pop culture references throughout the show and that's the same with gintama which has a lot of japanese pop culture references as the episodes go right okay but i guess for anyone who's listening and has not watched psyche k before I say anything else, I, I highly recommend watching that show. It is enjoyable, and you don't have to binge it. It's actually kind of hard to binge, but it's more of a nice way to end a night and just kind of watch a few episodes a day. Do you have anything else on uh, The Way of the House Husband? I don't think so. I think I was I was just kind of... I just want to talk about how the Western world would interpret it, essentially. Because if I go through the My Anime List reviews, a lot of people are really angry at how they executed it but that might be because they were the fans of the manga and they didn't want half animated show to portray their beloved manga but for a western audience member who doesn't watch anime this might still be fine and i, I just don't know because it's it's on netflix it's out in the open world i'm not sure if people will ding anime for it or if they'll just simply think that it's funny. And that that really was like all I really want to talk about because, you know, Netflix is a huge platform. They've been doing a lot of big things. They have a lot of shows on there that have really good reviews from the anime community. 
And this was kind of out of left field and it was very unconventional to what they have done in the past. You know, Demon Slayer, very safe thing to put on Netflix. Even Haikyuu, very safe thing to put on Netflix. But this, is, this isn't that safe. And it's a very aggressive move by Netflix. And it is produced by them too. So that's what I thought was really interesting. Okay, I, I guess I could see your points here. And I understand how artwork might make a big difference for a lot of anime enthusiasts out there but i truly think the way this was produced actually appeals more towards non-anime lovers with anime lovers because it's i think when you take it for what it is and you take it the show as a plot and maybe the artwork isn't up to where the uh, industry standard is right now but i really didn't think about that when i was watching it I mean, until you brought this up and brought it to my attention, I was just kind of enjoying the show for what it was. But now that I look back, I, I could see how a lot of people would have been felt like they were missing out on some of the more fluid motions that an anime usually portrays. I think now that it's started like this, I enjoy seeing this type of show kind of continue on this trend. And I think that might be one of the reasons why the anime was actually shorter per episode. Because they weren't really working on you know having all the graphics and the details in the anime and for that reason it's a little bit of a shorter intention span you don't need to have someone sit down and not pull a re0 and sit 30 minutes of their life to just watch one episode right and then they break it down into i think what is it like five episodes per episode six episodes per episode and in that way it's very non-anime i agree it's very like a comic or even a manga you're just like almost seeing chapters at that point it doesn't even flow, right? Like chapter two to chapter three. It just kind of is a different event in their daily lives of the way of the house husband. We've actually seen this before. And I, I don't think you've watched this show, but there's a comedy show called Nichijo. And it's so good, but it kind of does the same thing. It breaks apart an episode by like small sections. And it just follows these characters on a daily basis and like just follows whatever funny thing that occurs to them. And Nichijo just basically means like, oh, this is my daily life. And the way the house husband kind of follows the same formula. And it's really easy to watch because you can watch that small, small section, just pause and then go do whatever you want to do and then come back and watch it. Or you could just watch it. It's almost right. like watching like three small YouTube videos for six minutes. It doesn't feel as long but as you're watching a K-drama for exactly 30 and minutes it, i really think in this day and age short attention span is what a lot of videos are gravitating towards just think of tiktok one minute move on it keeps you interested you don't have to watch one whole 20 minute video and try to be engaged the entire way because there right. are anime out there where if you're not paying attention for five minutes you will not understand what's happening that's exactly how I feel when I watch the Monogatari series right now. I will look at my phone for two minutes and I'm like, all right, I got to rewind that two minutes because I have no idea what just happened. Yeah, exactly. And Netflix came out with this in dubs already. It wasn't like this was just in Japanese with English subs. There were dub versions of this when it came out. I'm interested to see how people continue to react to it. On my anime list right now, it's a 6.9, which is very low for an anime. But in my opinion, the score isn't very reflective of how good the content actually is. And that's, you know, purely because the manga is good. The content is there and it's really good. And as more people kind of get used to a show like this, maybe it becomes a norm. 
and it becomes a standard for comedy anime. So maybe JC staff is on something, Netflix is on something, and they're kind of changing the way that anime is being portrayed, at least for the comedy genre. Not to go on another tangent, but I have seen plenty of anime, and I'm sure you have as well, as well as many of the people out there, where we have the opposite. The artwork is great, but the content just isn't there. You have great artwork, great fighting scenes, but there's no plot, and there's nothing that really keeps you interested. And I actually hate those anime. It just To me, it just feels a waste like of everyone's production, the studio's production, waste of time, waste of money. And as a viewer, I wish they just could have done something better. It's interesting, though, because those shows that have that don't get dinged as much. Exactly. And that's primarily just because, you know, visually it's aesthetically pleasing to the audience. So they're just like, oh, wow, this is great art. This is an 8 out of 10 show, but there's no content to back it up. Exactly. And I've seen plenty of those that I just wish... And I don't want to call out names right now and basically bash on some of these anime, but... I mean, have you seen Charlotte? Charlotte's pretty bad. But the artwork is there, right? Well, it's it's made by PA Works, right? Who did Angel Beats and stuff? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. There was a lot of hype when it came out. Yeah, definitely. I, I actually recently watched the show called The Day I Became a God, which is basically the same thing as Charlotte. It was produced by PA Works, and the art is great. But the content's like, it won out of 10. And it, it was so bad. It was the worst show I've seen in my life, even though aesthetically it was it was fine. Okay, I just looked up Charlotte. It's rated a 7.76 on Mel, with a popularity of 64. But is it really a 7.76? Because that's pretty high for what I think the content of Charlotte actually is. Yeah, it definitely isn't. And I, I would say the mouse scores are a bit inflated, even though mouse says that seven means good, eight is very, very good, nine is great or whatever. People don't really follow those scores. And they usually just use like the ABC system where 70 or seven out of 10 means a C and average. So it it's a bit interesting in terms of, I guess, these shows now that are aesthetically pleasing, don't have content to back it up, but still get the, the scores that are way higher than something like The Way of the House Husband, which doesn't have the same aesthetics, but the content is actually there. So maybe this is just something, a newsflash for the anime community. Hey, wake up. You got to give the shows that have content a better score and just appreciate the aesthetics and the animation choices that studios take going forward. Right. I 100% agree, and I think that's maybe a good segue into another episode later on where we can maybe discuss something that we think is underrated just based off the reflection of the score in, in Mal. Yeah, definitely. We could talk about Mal scores forever. You know, There's a lot of shows on there that I'm sure are not very reflective of the scores that they deserve or whether that be it too high or too low. I'm sure we'll have another episode where we talk about this in more detail, but I guess this is a good segue kind of to the next topic about most impactful anime that we've seen in these last two decades. And I don't know if you have two separate anime for the 2000s to 2010 and then 2011 to like 2020, but we've seen a lot of anime during this time. And with all these production companies, studios, streaming outlets, preparing new and fresh anime all the time we get a different taste of anime throughout the years and i just want to see what you thought was kind of the most impactful anime whether that be 
in the industry what you what impacted you the most or for any reason really in these last two decades since we've been watching anime for almost 20 years or so sure and i guess before i I maybe name my one or two impactful anime at least for me personally i will say that i do have a different one for different types of genres and for me it's very hard to maybe name something that's going to encompass both all the types of genre out there because slice of life action psychological there's all those types of different anime and it's very hard to group everything together and say something is going to encompass all of those topics but i guess if i did have to name something and maybe i'm going to start with something a bit later i would actually say fate zero and i guess before you make any comments the reason i chose fate zero is because and specifically the second season because I didn't actually watch the first season until I saw the second season. But I think Fate Zero in the second season really paved the way for this change in artwork of anime. In terms of the graphics, in terms of the action scenes, in terms of the characters. And I feel like that was one of the first anime I saw in that high quality where it became an expectation rather than more of a just a benefit to the, to the studio. When did Fate Zero come out? Fate Zero, I think that was in 20... I want to say 2014 was Fate Zero, the second season. 2012. No, I'm wrong. 2012. 2012. So, yeah, for me, that that anime really changed the next, I guess, what is it? 2021 now, the next nine years of anime. And if you have an anime before Fate Zero, the second season, that you think can compare in terms of the graphics and the art, the artwork and the soundtrack i mean feel free to name something but for me that was very impactful for this past decade yeah fate zero is a really good show and maybe we have a whole episode on the on the fate series too but i would definitely add to that by saying fate stay night unlimited blade works kind of does the same thing where i watch that anime now i'm like this art is so damn good and i remember when we were watching it live on a weekly basis it was it was mind-blowing almost. I, was, I would see the art. I just had a whole different expectation every single week that I went into the show. And it, it also helps that Amor's Brave Shine, which is the opening of the second season, is the best opening in all Arguably anime one of the well. best songs, right? Arguably one of the best songs of, of the decade in anime. Yeah, exactly. I feel like Fate Stay Night and Fate Zero both did the same thing in terms of changing the game when they both came out. Yeah, and that's the benefit of the of the true Fate series, right? The artwork, the soundtracks, and the storylines tie together in ways that the viewer can relate to, but maybe the characters don't understand. And I remember back at the time when this came out, I think I used to watch anime in 720. And my inter- my internet wasn't that good at the time. And I remember going from 1080 to 720, I said, eh, I, I could deal with watching it in 720. But I remember specifically for Fate Zero second season, I needed to watch it in 1080. I needed to maximize the way that the anime was designed to be seen. Yeah, definitely. But there are a lot of anime out there. I think in 2012 was when Sword Art Art came out too. It is. And I, I I did think about Sword Art, and Sword Art's artwork is beautiful, but I think Fate Zero is... It's different. It's more true to, I guess, the expectation that I have for anime today. It just hits different. That's what it is. And granted, yes, you are right. Sword Art Online did come out in 2012. 
So, wow, 2012 was a great year. Not the end of the world for anime, at least. Yeah, because I remember when Sword Art and Fate Zero both came out, I was floored in the level of artwork that year. And to your point, we were in a time where good internet was hard to come by and 1080p wasn't the norm. TVs were still 720p and we were still watching things in not great, I guess, formats. And definitely Fate Zero and Sword Art watching it now even when i watch it in 1080p the the quality of the show is just unbelievable for something that's almost 10 years old and it's really hard to believe that's almost 10 years old because when i watch the show it just feels very comparable to some of the shows that are out now 100 percent agree but in 2011 to this 2020 decade period we've seen a lot of good shows I, i have a list of a few that i would think that should be kind of considered in like the game-changing impactful realm and i just want to get your thoughts on some of these but the first thing that comes to mind at least in this past in these past 10 years is your name because it came out in 2016 i believe and that was obviously a game changer and we talked about it in the last episode as well for it being nominated to oscars would you consider that to be more of a game changer than something we saw at the start of the decade or fate zero and sword art and some of these other shows came out right at the start of the decade and maybe they just just set a new standard for animation right and and i guess impactful can mean have a different meaning for different people and i think your name is a great example of impacting the world where fate zero let's let's be honest i'm sure there's many people who've seen your name but haven't seen fate zero and your name is definitely more world renowned. It's known by more. It's been seen by more. And it's just a beautiful movie. And in that way, I think, yeah, the impact, I could definitely understand where you're coming from, that the impact that that movie had on the world and maybe the ushered in the age of the current anime era that we're in right now, I could definitely see that being one of the, the turning points. Because I can say Fate Zero was not that turning point. It was more for me as the genre as a whole. For me, that's what Phase Zero was. But for your name, I could definitely see that changing the way the world looked at anime. Yeah, that's kind of the point that I was trying to get at. Because, you know, your name in 2016 kind of changed this negative view on anime to a positive one. But, you know, just because a lot of people are watching your name doesn't necessarily mean it's the most impactful anime. Because to your point, if there is something that sets a new standard in terms of artwork or animation or production, that is very impactful on the anime industry. But in terms of reaching a wider audience and reaching the Western world and being accepted as something that's not weeby or geeky, your name did a really good job of that in 2016. And that's something I just wanted to throw out there just in case. That's a great topic to discuss. It's very interesting. And I think I'd love to hear other people's opinions on this as well. I'm sure there are many different opinions on what might be the most impactful anime of the past decade. Right. And I I, want to kind of talk about a couple other ones that I actually think is impactful. And the anime I'm about to name is might make me sound like a hypocrite based on the last episode when I said that Shonen oh, is no. not the shit. Oh, no. <laughs> but one anime I want to actually throw out there as being the most impactful in the last 20 years is actually Naruto. Oh, my God. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, no. What's that I don't want to say. Oh, no. 
I'm not gonna say Naruto is the best in terms of production. There's a lot of flaws in terms of fillers. But what I really wanted to get at was Naruto was really, besides you know the Pokemon and the Yu-Gi-Ohs of the world, was really the first anime that kind of made it to Western TV. Right. I'm I'm actually just joking with all my comments. It's actually on my list of the of the early 2000s possible yeah. impact. I put I did put it there. I had to. You know, you you can't discredit Naruto. I mean, we have a we have the Naruto run in NBA 2K. You can do the Naruto the Naruto run. Naruto is referenced in so many different things still. It's been a show. I don't I don't even know how long it's been around actually. But when we were growing up, we would talk about it in school. People would read the manga. Now it's like a meme all over Twitter. People do the whole ninja run thing, the whole hand sign thing. It's just like a iconic show that reached a wider audience and people are watching it on TV as a normal show. And there's no other anime that's really like that, actually. Because now that we have Crunchyroll, Funimation, Netflix, and all these different streaming outlets, we can watch anime because we seek anime out of these platforms. But Naruto is literally readily available on TV, on like Cartoon Network at a specific time or in the morning or whatever it was. That's not something we see nowadays. Right. And I just want to butt in really quick. I think you made a, you made a comment right now that back in the day it reached such a wide audience and kind of changed the way people thought about anime or maybe they'd seen it on TV. But I do want to say a lot of people are watching it for the first time now in 2021. And And I've I've seen a lot of people, right? Yeah, that's insane to me that some people are watching it for the first time around right now as we speak. Yeah, and that might be because of the whole COVID and quarantine thing and no one has anything better to do than to watch like the 500 episodes of Naruto that's available to them. But it's a show that's still referenced a lot. People, I don't know if anyone watches Boruto, but there are some people out there, I'm sure, that watch Boruto. I watch occasional Boruto episodes, I will All say. All right, so this guy when, watches Boruto. When I'm Boruto. very bored, when I'm very bored, it hurts my soul. It deserves a, I'm going to, I'm not going to name, I don't want to, I don't want to get hated out, hated out of this podcast, but you only watch Boruto to see Naruto and Sasuke in their cameos. I know a lot of people that talk about Naruto that aren't necessarily anime fans, but they still reference the show because of just how iconic it really is. It hits different. It does hit different. It hits different. And you even see people with the whole ramen clothing line thing. I don't even know the swirls and stuff. Oh, yeah. The swirls, the the Naruto's, right? It's it's called the Naruto, right? Yeah, literally. So... (laughs) It's literally everywhere, and it it might be one of the most iconic anime, or it probably is the most iconic anime out there, and just growing up with it and watching it now be like a social media sensation, it's it's really interesting, actually. Yeah, I mean, you see it so mainstream, people in the NFL do it when they score a touchdown. I think Kelly Oubre runs out to his pregame warm-up in a ninja stance. It's insane. It's reached a wide audience that we don't even know about. I don't want to get into cryptocurrency in this type of podcast. This is not the forum for it. But if there was an NFT or a non-fungible token for the first Naruto episode, man, or the first Pokemon episode, it would be worth a lot of money. Those are the things that would be worth a lot of money to a lot of collectors out there. The next Dogecoin is Naruto coin. It's it's coming out. I mean, that would be cool. You you can say, yeah, remember when Naruto first learned to Rasengan? I own that. Yeah, definitely. 
there's definitely other shows out there that I, I do want to give credit to because of what they did really in the anime community. It might not have reached a wider audience like Naruto, but there are shows out there that really did change the game from the early 2000s to the 2010s. All right. Do you have one? Well, yeah. Well, Spirited Away won an Oscar. I never thought that would ever happen. And I remember when I was like seven years old and I was watching the Oscars, my parents were like so proud to be Japanese at that moment. I was just like, okay, being Japanese, we're not weaves. We're kind of cool. So I just want to give a little shout out to that. But there's also another show that I, I would say is really iconic from the early 2000s. Let me guess. Let me guess your choice. Okay. I'm going to go with Clannad because that was mine. I have it on here on my list, but that isn't the exact Oh, what okay, I was thinking okay. of. Clannad's really good. It is, but I guess now I'm curious. So what, what is this? What is the show you have in mind? The show I have in mind got a failed Netflix adaptation about three years ago. Has other failed adaptations <laughs> that have come out over the last 10 years or so. It starts with a D, ends with a note. Oh no, not the live action. Not the live, not, not not the live, the live action. action one. It's one of the shows that, that is similar to Naruto in that it's received a lot of love and has received adaptations. Not by Japanese live actions, but by Netflix or Hollywood. And Death Note was a show that was very different at the time, I think. We saw shonen shows that were not as dark as this. I was going to say, yeah, it's very dark. It's still dark. Even if you had, if this was, it came out this, this year, it would be considered dark. We didn't, we haven't really seen that, right? Like anime was portrayed almost like a kid's genre. And then Death Note was very mature, very dark. Actually, I think if Death Note came out nowadays, it would not be regarded as highly. Really? Well, I guess like, what what's the reasoning for that? I could see that though. The type of people who watch anime now i don't know if it would appeal to as many people so the general population might not like it as much as nowadays as kind of the hype it had when it first came out it's interesting though because when you say that i i kind of realized that anime goes in these like waves of i guess trends so right now is like the whole isekai trend which is i'm sure we have different opinions on it or maybe we do have, we have the same opinion on it no, no, I know when you see Isekai, you say another Isekai. When I say Isekai, I say play episode one. Start that <laughs> up. We've seen Isekai come out for the last five years. It's just... That was Sword Art. Okay, know. I think... Okay, Sword Art might have been the defining moment for Isekai. That is true. It, it really was like the first Isekai in this last decade. Oh, God. So I have another reason to hate Sword Art. <laughs> it, it ushered in a genre of Isekai. But I guess going back to your point about Death Note. Yeah, very dark, very heavy, actually. You actually, to get the full experience, I actually think Death Note is more of a binge-type anime. Yeah, I agree. You can't watch on a weekly basis because every single episode ends on a cliffhanger. You want to know what happens next. It's really easy to watch everything at once in one sitting because one thing happens after another, and it's just, it's a wild ride to be on, but it's really good. And at the time when it came out, it was... It was just unbelievable to watch and even now like it gets a lot of love at the same time like to your point maybe if it came out now it wouldn't be as good i mean it would the plot would never change but i just think the people who would enjoy it there wouldn't be as many 
Yeah, it'll definitely be a smaller audience because all those all the people that like Death Note has have moved on with their lives and gone to the Isekai harem train. Oh, I can't can't forget about the harem train. We're gonna need a whole episode for that because these past few seasons we've seen too many harems. It's just it's just getting excessive now. The fan service is getting excessive. Yeah, the fan service is definitely getting excessive. That's like the times where it's like I could watch Death Note in a public place and I would not care. But if I was watching Something with a little more fan service in a public place, I'd be like, a little concerned who was behind me. I can't even watch shows that have fan service with my windows open. <laughs> I'm literally concerned that someone will walk by and see what's on my TV and I will cringe so hard. Or just get caught in one of those scenes where it's like, ah, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want that. Please don't look into my windows, please. Whoever you are that, that walks by. But going back to your show, I guess, Clanad, what, what do you think is impactful about Clanad? Again, now that I'm older, and granted, I saw this a long time ago, it's just such a life. It just kind of shows you life. Like, it's sad, but it's about life, you know, all the ups and downs of life. And yeah. looking back, I, I can just relate so much and reflect on it and appreciate it, the story for what it was. When I was younger, you know, I thought this is a great story. But I hadn't actually, I mean, I was still young. I was still a teenager. I hadn't actually grown up. I hadn't experienced adulthood. Not that I'm an adult now, but I hadn't experienced a lot of those life experiences that Clanad referenced. And for me, it was so impactful because whether you see it as an adult or whether you see it when you're young, you can look back at it and relate. And it's two different types of relate. As a, When you're younger, you can think, wow, life this is crazy. Like this could be what life is like. There are ups, there are downs. And it it's kind of sad, but you know, life isn't always gonna be an, a one way ride up. But as an adult, there is so much to just love about the show. And it does break your heart, but at the same time it does have those like plot twists where you can imagine a different type of world where things could have played out different. And that's life, right? That's one of the benefits of anime sometimes is that you can put yourself into the position of a character and just imagine what would I have done in this type of situation. And this is more specifically towards Slice of Life. You can't put yourself into like Uchiha Sasuke's position and say, would I have killed my Naruto for the Sharingan? <laughs> but, but specifically for Slice of Life, you can sometimes relate, sometimes find yourself in a place where you enjoy the show because you feel like it means something to you or relates to you in some way that's personal. I guess when I was watching anime when I was younger, and even when I was watching Clannad, because Clannad came out a while back, I thought five, ten years out, I would watch anime and I wouldn't be able to relate to it because at the time it was just portrayed as a kid's show. And I don't see my parents watching anime. I don't see a lot of the older generation like watching anime. So I thought I would just grow out of it. But there are shows out there where as I've gotten older, I have a better respect and appreciation for it. And that's exactly what you said in terms of clan ad. It shows you different phases of life and all the struggles that we're faced with. Oh, granted, what we are faced with might not be what they are faced with in clan ad but it's something that you can relate to whether that be struggles that you go through your job or friendships or relationships and whatnot clan ad has a really good and powerful story that could convey all those different aspects of life and 
as I've gotten older, I, I look back at that show. I'm like, I couldn't have anticipated everything I've gone through, but this show kind of laid it out for me. Yeah, it's just super relatable. And I think that's something about Clannad that makes it, it makes it timeless. It really is. The animation does get outdated a bit. So I, I can see people say, hey, I can't really watch this show because the animation is subpar. But the story itself is, it really is timeless. And I, I'm sure I'll watch it when I'm 40 and I have kids. You know, I think as we get towards the end of this segment, I do want to point out, you just mentioned something very interesting about how your parents don't really watch anime. And a lot of the older generation doesn't. But a lot of us who grew up with anime, I don't think we're going to stop watching it when we get older. Rather, I think the market for anime is going to keep growing as we get older and younger kids get introduced to it. Eventually, I, I think this industry is going to be huge where it's going to be a span across generations. Everyone's going to be watching anime, especially those like us who grew up on it. Yeah, I definitely agree because I feel like anime is actually changing significantly. And it, that might be partially because we have more access to these shows that we originally didn't have access to. But there's anime really for every audience. There's shows for kids, there's shows for teenagers, there's shows for young adults, and there's shows for older people. And it's just really easy to find that now. And I don't see myself stopping to watch anime, although I know people that have stopped because I'm, I can appreciate kind of all the different shows in different phase of, phases of my life. When I was a kid, I, I loved Naruto, obviously. Right now, I probably don't like it as much. But there's another show that would replace Naruto, and I would love it the same way that I love Naruto. Exactly. We have a lot to look forward to from 2021 onwards. There's so much anime that's coming out, and just very diverse forms of it. So I'm really excited to see what 2021 onwards really has in store for anime. And hopefully we, we see one, you know, some of these impactful shows in different forms now, and then we'll look back at it in 10 years and be like all right yeah that that was the most impactful anime of this of this decade yeah exactly well we are approaching the one hour mark so i guess that kind of wraps up our podcast do you have any closing remarks do you plan on watching anything in this upcoming week or is work a bit busy and hectic unfortunately it's back to the office tomorrow so i'm really looking forward to our next podcast but i will be watching a few shows this week and I'm not going to name them right now just in case I can't get to them, but I do have some plans to catch up. Uh, last week was a bit busy and I got some work to do, so got my homework laid out for me and I hope we can have some good discussions about them next week. I talked about this last week as well, where I thought the winter 2021 season of anime was one of the best that we've seen in the last few years. And I thought the spring 2021 lineup wasn't going to live up to the hype of it. But after I've watched four or five of these animes and their first or two episodes, there's some out there that that seem to be, they will be really, really good. And there's hidden gems out there. Like, like I've been killing slimes for 300 years and maxed out my level? Exactly. <laughs> we love Isekai on this podcast. I'm going to be watching that one tonight. So I'll let you know. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll let you know my thoughts on it. There's so okay, much okay. better ones. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely a few I'm excited for. I'm sure we'll talk about it later on as, as the season progresses and as you catch up. 
Yeah, we'll have to have some more comical podcasts. This one was a little deep, but it was very interesting. And it was a pleasure. All right. Next <laughs> next week will definitely be a comical one. All right. Talk to you later. Thank you. And peace out for episode two.